You're listening to Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast, dedicated to exploring the full potential of human physiology and mind with focus on ancient and modern techniques of self-development. Spend some time with Dr. Nader, who is leading the way in the science of consciousness and begin your journey to better understanding the relationship of mind and body, consciousness and physiology right now. In this episode, Dr. Nader answers questions from medical students at Loyola University Chicago Stritch School of Medicine. He's joined by the director of the Center for Brain, Consciousness, and Cognition at Maharishi International University, Dr. Fred Travis. Wonderful to be connected. Thank you for the Stritch School of Medicine, Loyola University, and all participating uh, great leaders and to be great doctors uh, and healers in the world. Hello, Dr. Nader, my name is Julio. I'm a first year here at Stritch. I wanted to sort of talk to you about my experience with transcendental meditation. So specifically regarding anxiety. Uh, before I started the practice of TM, I was a pretty anxious person, specifically when it came to exams. I would feel that you know, one week before an exam would start, I was incredibly anxious and stressed out. But I've noticed that throughout the months of practicing transcendental meditation twice daily, I've noticed that my anxiety leading up to the days of an exam has been decreased dramatically. So I guess my question to you is, how and why does the practice of TM specifically lower my anxiety? The phenomenon of anxiety is part of the expectation of danger, in a sense which puts the neurophysiological state at some level into a fight or flight response. So activating the hormones and the chemicals that prepare the person to engage into an activity that is uh, stressful and that requires saving oneself from danger. These are generally hallmarks in, in many ways of anxiety, which is a fear sometimes that we don't know why it's coming, we can't reason it, but it's something very profound and it can be stimulated or made to happen by challenging tasks such as exams or uh, relations or life decisions, etc. What we need is to promote the higher ability of the brain so that we're not activating just the lower parts of the brain, which call upon us to uh, fight or flight rather than to think and plan and uh, have a sense of restfulness and calm that allows us to make decisions in a clear way. So, what we see in transcendental meditation is that it resets the system and opens up the higher parts of the brain, the cortical areas. And this has been shown both by distribution of blood flow, as we see in uh, functional MRIs, as well as by electroencephalography and other changes in the biochemistry of the physiology, which are different than those that we uh, examine in the case of anxiety or even sometimes depression and other mental 
stress or mental challenges. And so what TM does is resets the system, allows the mind to settle down, the body settles down, there is rest, and there is then in that state a sense of inner security and a sense of peace, which then allows the blood flow to go to the cortical areas, the higher parts of the brain, that are more concerned with anticipation of the future, planning, creative thinking. And so all of this together resets the system. And this is how TM is so powerful in helping to fight anxiety in this case and many other situations that decrease our ability to function in the most effective way in the academic field, in the creative field, in the leadership field, and even in the technological field in the ability to perform actions and drive cars and fly planes, etc. So all of this is very profound and very useful, besides, of course, the important contribution to the well-being of the person and the sense of uh, inner strength and harmony and, and the increase in creativity that TM brings. Thank you for that answer, Dr. Nader. I had another question that stems from my experience practicing TM. This is in more in regards to feeling more energized and being able to study for prolonged periods of time. We hear a lot of medical students use a online flashcard system called Anki. And what I've noticed is throughout the months prior to starting TM, whenever I would use Anki, I would do about 50 flashcards before I absolutely needed to take a break. But what I've noticed is throughout the months practicing TM, I've been able to study for longer periods of time, going up to sometimes about 200 cards before I would need a break. So I guess my second question is, why is it that the practice of TM has helped me study for longer periods of time before needing a break? Before I answer the question, I'd like to congratulate you for confirming the research <laughs> that shows the ability to have greater concentration, better memory, and investing time is important. Investing time in the self, investing time in being efficient is important so that there is greater creativity and greater ability to memorize and greater ability to concentrate, which are all scientifically documented, not just anecdotal, because one can say, oh, this is a brilliant student and he, you know, just needed a few minutes and then his creativity came out and uh, he's able now to multiply by many times his performance. But this has really actually been repeated, not to diminish your achievement, but has been repeated systematically with controlled studies that actually show these benefits. So why do we invest time in TM? Is because it gives a great rate of return. Why do we invest in proper market, in proper life, take our money and all that? Why do we invest in helping people, in curing their disease? It gives a great rate of return in terms of wellness, in terms of saving, for the nation, the budgets, and the, the economy, and the, the well-being, and the coherence. So 
we have that vocation to help and we are spending time to help and why not spend time to help ourselves and how does meditation do it again actually it goes back in a similar way to uh, the first part of the question that i have elaborated and answered on and that is recall and memory require a very sophisticated connection between consciousness on the level of awareness of something and connection with the hypothalamus and particularly the hippocampus and that part of the lower brain that are balanced between the emotional side and the intellectual reflective meta consciousness if you like being aware of being aware and what are we aware of and how much can we retain so that there is an opening of the fibers and uh, electrical activity between recall and the places that actually manage uh, recall including the hippocampus and other parts around it so when TM allows the system to act in a way that is not just in the challenge mode of facing a danger or a stress, because when we go to study, uh, we have subliminally the sense of challenge for memorizing challenge for recall challenge for passing the tests and for doing right and learning and graduating and being able to be a good doctor or whatever one's profession is every challenge puts a stress on the system and can if it is extreme if it is not balanced can lead again to the same aspects that we discussed earlier and therefore, there is less use of the total brain, less use of the total abilities of the nervous system. When TM resets the system and decreases the, the level of stress and strain, it allows, as has also, also been shown, the opening up of reserves of the brain. And we will talk to Dr. Travis and he will tell us about all the changes and the electroencephalography and how that is greater coherence, which means greater openness between front and back, right and left, different parts of the brain, which indicate those parts are really called upon and are able to function in a very coherent way, which then takes into consideration the different components of memory. See, when you look at a flashcard, there are words, there are logic that is there, there are images that can come to mind. You know, you're reading about something that you have to do, you imagine it. So there is recall and requirement of the activation of the occipital lobe for the visual part, for the, you know, temporal lobes and frontal lobe for how to understand, how to put it together, the logic, the sounds, the words, the, the reading, the logic of it. And all of this requires a quite a complete, as much complete an action of the nervous system as possible. So that when 
you have a brain that is able to take the whole picture into consideration, then uh, you are able to manage, you are able to recall, rather than having only a few aspects that are being taken into consideration. And then you cannot remember, you cannot uh, recall uh, the full gamut, the full range of things that you want to study. So we go, you know, this is part of the answer. Of course, there might be more uh, technical parts, specific parts about specific parts of the brain that are being activated, but that's generally uh, the, uh, the, the answer to why we have a better memory and a better ability to recall things that we have looked at. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jane, and I'm very excited to be part of this panel today. Um, I've been practicing TM since my first year, and I'm now in my fourth year at Stretch. TM has been key to enhancing my productivity, my performance, and my well-being, both professionally and personally throughout medical school. The regular practice of TM has been a calming and centering force that keeps me balanced, energized, and very clear-headed. During my preclinical years, my afternoon TM sessions were the perfect study break that really helped me come back to Anki cards as Julio was describing, um, ready to go, reset, refresh, and ready to start studying a whole nother session. As Julio also mentioned, TM has been a key factor in addressing some of the anxieties we encounter as medical students, ranging from test state anxiety to procrastination to imposter syndrome. During my clinical years, I've also found that the regular practice of TM has contributed tremendously to my interpersonal interactions. I found myself a more easygoing and intuitive team member when interacting with my colleagues, as well as with patients. I've also found um, that TM makes it so much easier to start the day in a good mood and put any frustrations behind me. A clear and calm mind is especially important for me as I pursue a career in emergency medicine, where being the calm in the center of the storm is especially important. On the interview trail for EM, I've also found, encountered quite a few questions regarding how I practice um, wellness and what keys I will use to prevent burnout. And it's been wonderful to be able to reflect on my transcendental meditation experience and discuss that as a big factor in my mental well-being moving forward. So my first question for the panelists today is, what are some of the cumulative benefits of TM over time um, and over years for practitioners who practice twice daily? Wonderful. Well, I've spoken quite a bit. I don't know if Dr. Travis would like to answer and address this point. Thank you, Dr. Nader. Your question, Jane, is really core to what we're doing at the Brain Center to see what does the effect of daily transcending have to do on activity outside. And Dr. Nader talked about, you need a global evaluation of the situation. And that comes about during our transcending. What we do is we enliven um, long range integration circuits. It's seen in terms of a brainwave frequency called alpha. And this is during the meditation. And that's what's supporting that experience of silence and openness and fullness and wakefulness. And the great, point is the brain is constantly adapting and it begins to bring that style of functioning into your daily activity. So what you see in terms of brain waves is you see this brain wave of long range integration coexisting with the ability to focus 
And that's why students said they get four to six hours more productivity. That meditation practice in the afternoon as if resets the whole brain physiology, they have the solid basis and they can focus more. It also has to do with that very abstract quality of good well-being, feeling good, enjoying what you're doing. Suddenly the wonky flashcards are not a burden, but they're actually a joy. They're a challenge that you're able to do. And this is happening because the brain changes with every experience and you're adding this new experience of transcending. Thank you, Dr. Nader. Please expand on that, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's wonderful. Thank you. And you know, the long-term benefits have been in terms of reduction in the aging process, which is an indication of uh, less stress on the physiology. So people who practice transcendental meditation for five years in a year for you would have 10 years younger age sometimes. And th that is on the, on, the, on the biological level. So the chronological level, we can't mess up with time. It moves in only one direction. But on the biological level, we, we see that actually, indeed, there is uh, less aging, less admission to hospitals, greater fulfillment, better achievement, better relation with others. And so these are some bottom line kind of uh, changes that indicate the transformations are profound and they are even influencing probably our DNA because we have also seen that there is an epigenetic effect where there is an actually almost a signature of those uh, who practice TM for a while that actually change the gene expression even profoundly, which is very promising for those who maybe have some genetic uh, issues and they will think, how can this uh, technique of consciousness affect even me or help me? But uh, there is a lot that we can do on the behavioral level, on the mental level, on the psychosomatic level that will assist all the other uh, treatment modalities that we are using and all the, the different values of health and healing from the mental level, from these levels that actually have a profound effect on the entire physiology. So it's not just a sense of well-being, it's a profound transformation on the level of consciousness and the physiology, which stabilizes these changes over a long period of time. And we have seen effects that are very important. For example, a study that was done very seriously followed up, supported by the NIH, on groups of people who have cardiovascular disease, and stroke, etc., and that were they were followed up for five years uh, in terms of their mortality, their well-being, the events that they had, and on average, those who practice transcendental meditation uh, once or twice, there were forty-eight percent less fatalities or accidents of uh, stroke or heart disease, cardiovascular disease. Uh, when they looked at the study more carefully and they separated those who practice two times versus those who practice only one time per day, they found that those who practice two times had 66% less accidents of the heart and, and stroke and even death. So 
these effects are very significant in terms of long-term benefits also. Thank you so much. My Thank second you. question is, what are the differences um, in physical changes you see during versus after a TM session? Who is on the panel that we would enjoy to hear from? Dick Carroll is here and also myself. Maybe I could just continue the direction of the previous talk. What you see is the brain patterns seen during transcendental meditation are seen outside of meditation. So what you're doing is you're coming out of meditation, you're bringing with you a fuller value of self. We see that in terms of these long range integration circuits are there. You actually have a, a backdrop, a context now to see everything in a different perspective. So that leads to changes in perceived stress before and after. But it's from the fact that TM is leading to a very real experience and that real experience is profoundly changing the physiology. Jane, if I can make a quick reference to long-term effects, look at Dr. Nader and look at Dr. Travis. There's your <laughs> long-term effects of transcendental meditation. Bright, coherent, engaging, very well-spoken intellectual individuals. And for you and the other medical students, the best long-term effect is going to be you're actually going to enjoy your practice of medicine to become the kind of physician that you want to be and be able to give to patients what they deserve. Those are the long-term effects for you. Wonderful, wonderful. And these are accompanied by physiological changes, neurophysiological changes, uh, electroencephalographic changes. And therefore, you know, they are substantiated physiologically. You have to look at Jane and you also feel four years has done quite a nice thing. She's radiant, she's clear, and her experiences are wonderful. So. You know, these experiences anyone would like to have. It's beautiful that you share them. And when you look at the average medical student or physician operating without transcendental meditation, these are experiences that they long for. These are experiences they, they want. And so you probably are aware of Heal the Healers program that has been initiated of about transcendental meditation and that have shown how doctors, nurses, hospital staff, they have better sleep, less anxiety, reduction and even suicide. So these are serious things. These are very serious things. They feel better, their life is better because after all our life, we live it through consciousness. The physiology is there as a support, as in my monistic, idealistic perspective, the physiology is also one aspect of consciousness, an expression of consciousness, but that's a different story. On the most basic level, we live our life through our experience. How we feel now? Do we feel we're growing? Do we feel we are playing our role in society? Do we feel we have good relations? Well, how do we feel? We feel it subjectively. So we live our lives through the color of our awareness, the color of our consciousness. Two people might be in the same situation as we have often experienced and has been documented. One will be extremely happy and satisfied and finds it as, even if it's challenging, finds it as a potential to grow, potential to change, looks at it from the best possible way, 
and another person is overwhelmed, completely overwhelmed. And why is that? It's not, you know, it's of course mind and body go together, but ultimately it's consciousness, the awareness, how we analyze the situation, how we look at the possibilities. Do we use our frontal, prefrontal cortex in anticipation of the future, in collecting the information in our intuition, deep sense of feeling, uh, and all of is in a balanced way, or our filter towards reality is a filter of stress and strain and memories of failure, etc. So when we say TM removes stress, removes strain, removes these even negative memories, clears them up, literally clears them up by its own nature. The body clears them up if we give it a chance through the deep rest that meditation gives, then we have uh, the ability to see and live and plan our life in the most possibly positive way that, that is there. And that is, after all, the most fundamental aspect. Why do we do what we do? Why we take profession that we take? Why we engage in activities that we do? Nature, our nature as humans is pushing us to grow, pushing us to be better, pushing us to have broader awareness, broader consciousness, expand our field of vision, embrace others as ourselves. And this is how we see growth and development and evolution. And TM, which is transcending actually, going beyond these aspects to the inner self, to the inner being, enlivens the broader vision, the broader perspective, as it also removes stress and strain so that those colored glasses that we are wearing gets clearer and clearer and our vision really sees reality in its grandest way and that is really fulfilling the purpose of all activity so we still have to act we still have to be dynamic we still have to take care of our physiology rest and activity balanced and exercise and all of that and all of this together with proper transcendence helps us to make life better for us and make life work for everyone. Jane, if I could just springboard off of one of your comments that I found fascinating, that when you were interviewing for your residency program, you were asked, what are you going to do to manage stress and burnout as a student and as a resident? Unfortunately, that responsibility was pointed to you when in fact, that responsibility is the medical education system, not yours. It's our responsibility as medical educators. It's our responsibility as medical administrators to provide that level of stability through a practice like TM twice daily so we can avoid the kind of burnout that's become ubiquitous in the medical field. And particularly with the recent COVID experiences, we've seen all healthcare professionals just inundated with what's going on in their daily lives and having a twice a day strategy like this is really something that the medical students, the nursing, the medical schools, the nursing schools should really be providing for the students, not asking the students how they're gonna be managed then this for themselves. That's our responsibility as well. Beautiful, thank you, Dr. Carroll, wonderful.
thank you for inviting me here today to share my experience. I was a little bit hesitant because I feel like meditating can be very personal and I wasn't sure how I would talk about it, but I know that also at the same time, medical school can be a very isolating experience. And so I wanted to maybe share for the, all the other students and other attendees on um, today's webinar. So I, um, I actually started meditating during my third year. I had heard from upperclassmen that the clinical years were particularly challenging um, in their own ways. Uh, and so I wanted to not only uh, like physically exercise, but mentally exercise in order to put my best foot forward to persevere during that time. And uh, so then I had to figure out how to make that work logistically. And so for me, embarrassingly, actually meditating in the parking garage in my car before <laughs> heading into the clinical uh, site was actually one way I managed to make it work while being at so many different sites um, at so many different timeframes. And then um, in the end of the day, I found actually after putting my daughter to bed, um, that was a really nice time to get 20 minutes. Um, and with those two sessions, it really kind of bookended the day nicely in the sense that I felt very prepared going into the clinicals and ready to start the day. And at the same time, at the end of the day, I felt a way to rest and digest um, the day and everything that had happened. I really felt like the benefits I received from the twice day was kind of this first sympathetic or parasympathetic nurturing where like the sympathetic drive, which had been so rearing up throughout the day, could almost be counteracted by the parasympathetic nurturing and recovery through the TM. And then also the second benefit I felt like was um, a real restoration of the inner locus of control. I feel like there's many, many things in medical education that are beyond your ability to control from your schedule to uh, the curriculum to test and ultimately match placement. Um, but that meditating helped me take more control over that and so my question for you, my first question is, is how do you think meditation contributes to that development of that inner locus control and, and sense of calming that you can get from that? By removing the noise. <laughs> so one can say, oh, I should concentrate. I should try to concentrate and focus and, and like that. And trying to force the mind but if there is noise and noise comes from again different aspects of tiredness uh, stress fear anxieties uh, obligations uh, that that are there and which are all have and require uh, attention of course that's no problem that we have a lot of challenge and demanding situations to attend to but uh, how we attend to them and what resources we use to attend uh, to them uh, depend on clarity of thinking and reduction of noise. Noise means random thoughts uh, that, that happen and, and you seem to have quite a challenging situation. You, you are a medical student, you have, uh, you're about to, to graduate and you want to go to the emergency situations. You have a daughter, uh, which means, I don't know the age, but it couldn't be she's too old. Uh, and so you have had maybe nights of no sleep besides the medical school. 
And so there is this tiredness that sets in. And then you have all these worries. And these worries about taking care of the family, taking care of things, are absolutely, uh, in a surface level, legitimate. They should be attended to. We're not saying we just sit back and relax and then let things happen. You have to take care of these. But when they become overwhelming and the mind starts jumping from one thought to the other, from one, one worry to the other, from one complication to the other, then uh, you're not able to focus on individual uh, situations and clear them up in a clear way because there is noise, which means there is conflicting thoughts, too many things, which one you prioritize, which one you don't prioritize. Uh, Jane was saying, you know, it can become procrastination, it can become uh, tiredness uh, and, and like that and uh, inability to focus. So how does TM help? During these moments of transcending, of transcendental meditation, we forget the entire universe. <laughs> we have to, we, we let go of everything and anything. It is not running away because we're preparing to come back and hit it in the right way. So when you want to make a jump, you don't just stand on the edge of the cliff and jump to the other side. You take, you go back all the way back and you start running. And then when the time comes to jump to the other side, then you jump. So if you see somebody wanting to jump from one place to the other, and there is a precipice in the middle and you see them run away, you think, oh, wow, he's running away or she's running away. They don't want to jump. They don't know how to do it. They're procrastinating. They're, you know, they're not able to handle it. Actually, if the going back is properly planned, then it is a preparation to make the run and make the jump with a strong power. And that is really this few minutes of meditation where it is not the time to solve problems on the surface, not the time to attend to anything on the surface. That's why we call it transcendence to go beyond, to go beyond fears, emotions, responsibilities, and everything. And again, we're not going beyond them to forget them and ignore them. We're going beyond them because we're taking a step back so that we can jump strongly to the, to the front. It's like you want to throw the arrow on the bow, you pull it back, and then it hits the target when you relieve it. So responsibilities we take. Meditation is for action. Meditation is not for lethargy and just feeling good and then forgetting the universe. But during these minutes, during these minutes, the technique is transcend. And you have the technique how to transcend. So you have to accept for the most effective techniques to be innocent, simple, no expectation, no anticipation, and it's a moment of going back to the self and taking this as a springboard for coming out and taking care of all the responsibilities in the best possible way. Thank you for that. That was great. I mean, it really stood that the sense, thinking of it as an active process really kind of like helped to refine it a little bit for me. So thank you for that. My second 
question is, um, as you know, Loyola is one of four Jesuit medical schools. And one of the uh, mindfulness techniques that we use here significantly is um, reflection based on the um, Jesuit philosophy. And I was kind of just curious your view on how reflection and TM, you know, complement each other or work together, um, how I should kind of think about those two things together. Not that it's necessarily relevant to the discussion, but just as a sharing a point, I have spent 12 years <laughs> in Jesuit school. <laughs> so I've been groomed <laughs> by the Jesuit education from the age of four or five and all the way. And so I'm very familiar, of course, with this. And reflection is fantastic, is very important. It's also like action. Action is necessary. We have to do things. And to do things properly, we have to reflect. We have to think about them profoundly. That is, however, a process that is most effective when the mind is clear. It's, again, the same thing. It's related to the first part of the question. When the mind has noise, then there is no ability to reflect properly. And then the mind is jumping around, one is tired, you try to think about an issue and you know take it from one side and the other, and it doesn't work. It's just the mind is tired. And you're trying to manipulate the mind and force it to think of the thing. But you want to think of it from which perspective? based on what filter of awareness that you have, the filter of the memory of some disappointment you had, the memory of some experience you had, patient came to you, they're suffering, they seem to be innocent. Why do they suffer? What is the reason? Uh, you're tired, you're stressed. I'm not mean you, but in, in, you know, in, in this just comparison, and now you want to sit and reflect, and it's the same. Reflection is a mental activity, physical action. You know, you do surgery or you take care of the patient physically. That's also an action, and it has to be done properly, systematically. So all of these are the outer aspect of, actually, we consider them outer aspects of our mental and physical activity. The mental activity is less outer than the physical activity, but it is still on the outward direction. You are reflecting on something. You're contemplating about something. Okay? Now, transcending is the other direction. You don't reflect. You don't analyze. You don't try anything. You just let the nature of the mind go back to the self, as we have learned through transcendental meditation. And we don't mix up these two aspects. We don't mix up these two aspects. It's like you want to do a surgery, and then you say, okay, if I will meditate a little bit, transcend while I'm doing my surgery, maybe I'll be more rested. I think that will be a terrible thing to do. If you think driving a car and you're a little tired and you say, okay, let me now meditate while I'm driving the car, because then it'll give me more rest, I'm tired, and like that. That'll be a horrible thing to do. We don't do that. We absolutely don't do that. Meditation is for transcending, 
in order to have dynamic action after meditation. So reflection is great, action is great, contemplation is great. Maybe those who like prayer, prayer can be great. But when you want to talk to the divine, when you want to address an issue, you want to have the clearest, cleanest set of mind, mindset, let's call it, the clearest, less troubled, less noisy experience. And how you do that? Go back to the self, clean up the stresses, and then go out and do all these things. Among them, reflection. Wonderful. Yes, we reflect all the time. We can reflect peacefully, quietly, the eyes closed. Think of something. What am I going to do? Let me take a step back and think about it. We can reflect by discussing with others like we're doing now. We're reflecting. We're analyzing what's the nature of things, what's the nature of our mind, how we deal with it, how we do with that. And that is also reflection. And then we go when the class finishes and the discussion finishes, we go into action. We go into performance. We go into study. All of these things on the platform of a restful mind, a clear mind that can communicate with the spiritual side, with the divine, with the contemplative side, or with the action part in the most creative, most purposeful, and most complete way. That was amazing. Thank you for that clarity. Hi, um, thank you for having me. I'll be relaying a quote from another student. Um, so this first year student wrote that TM has helped her attain an altered mindset, a clear headedness, which we kind of just spoke about that allows her to effectively and confidently tackle daily tasks. Um, with our heavy course load as medical students, this tool has been invaluable to us. Um, she next describes the impact on her personal life and her studies. Without persistent worrying, I am happier overall. My emotions that once seemed imbalanced and unstable are now self-confident and optimistic. In the past, a nagging feeling of loneliness perpetually interrupted my day. With regular practice of TM, I am now at peace with who I am. Being alone has become much more easier and actually enjoyable. This renewed sense of security reflects itself in my interpersonal relationships. When the mind is at ease and misunderstandings and suspicions are less frequent, when they do arise, they are more quickly ironed out. While I used to carry bitterness with me after an argument, now I am much more forgiving. Freedom from worry and resentment has allowed my interpersonal relationships to grow. The regular practice of TM has not only improved the quality of my thoughts and my emotions, but is also reflected in improvements in my organizational and reasoning skills. As research has shown, TM improves coherence on EEG. Now I can personally speak to how this manifests in real life. Um, the student then goes on to talk about how TM has greatly enhanced her approach to learning. After regular TM practice, it seems that I can more easily visualize the big picture. Interconnections between concepts or facts are instantly clear. When in the past, I would struggle to um, understand these relationships. Regarding academic function, this has greatly enhanced my approach to learning. Improved ability to organize information has made studying more meaningful and more efficient. When it comes time for a test, I can readily recall complex concepts without thinking through each individual piece at a time. 
With the ability to see through a larger lens, I will be better equipped to diagnose and treat my future patients. So this is definitely a profound experience and I can relate to the student who I just quoted. Um, my ability to study as a medical student um, and learn in a certain period of time has become more efficient, especially when I'm consistent with the two, uh, two a day meditations. Um, I've noticed that when I meditate in the morning and then the, in the evening, and then again, the next morning, I've been able to better focus uh, the following day due, due to um, decreased anxiety. So um, in regards to the quote I just read, I know we already kind of spoke about decreased anxiety, enhanced learning, um, kind of the clear headedness that we've spoke about, but are these all kind of a result of expanded consciousness? And if so, um, briefly, I know we only have a couple minutes, but how does this work? That's beautiful. Thank you. You've read it in a wonderful way <laughs> and your experience is profound. Yes, the expansion of consciousness is uh, the ability to experience the true nature, the ultimate reality. Now, what is the ultimate reality? I take advantage of this few minutes to, to share with you this. Is it physical? Is it consciousness? And there are many philosophies and thinkers that have been discussed throughout time about the nature of the ultimate reality. Even physics today, as you know, because as practitioners of TM, you have been introduced to the unified field. So even physics says that the ultimate reality is one field, is just pointing to that one field of mathematical intelligence or whatever, which is the field of all the laws of nature. If we take our true ultimate reality to be that field, which is on the physical level correct, but that is also true on the consciousness level, we take it as a field of consciousness. So there is a field of consciousness that appears as many and that has all these fluctuations within it. That's a very complex discussion, but we can hopefully sometimes devote time to it and, and, and see how it makes sense and what is its explanatory power, which means how does it explain phenomena of the essence of things, ontology or knowledge, which we call epistemology or even ethics freedom and determinism, the meaning of life, what is good, what is bad, why do we have sin, why do these things come, which is a bigger picture of our reality. But if this understanding has a complete explanatory power that combines all these and explains them in the simplest possible way, then we come to the conclusion, particularly based on our experience also as transcendental meditators and other you know, scientific research that have been done on it, we get quite a convincing idea that the essence of our own reality is consciousness ultimately. And TM is a way to access that unbounded field of consciousness. On the physiological level, it opens up the reserves, balances the activity of the nervous system and the whole physiology in such a way that it is holistic, it is complete, it is full, and all the reserves are used and all our potential is being used. But on the consciousness level, the correlate, the uh, symmetrical aspect to the physiology is our consciousness. On consciousness level, when we dive and transcend the limited values, we experience 
that what we call the transcendence or pure consciousness. And so our consciousness expands and our physiology functions in the most effective way. And that is how we can see things in the broadest possible perspective established in the self, never losing that strength within, that balance within, that peace and harmony and expanded awareness. Then we perform action established in this situation, in this sense, which has been introduced to those who learn TM that we call cosmic consciousness, which is a new state of awareness, different even from transcendence, but it has transcendence, but transcendence stabilized all the time in our awareness so that these moments of inner peace and calm and expansion of being that we experience momentarily during transcendental meditation expand and become present all the time with us, even as we engage in activity. And therefore, the full resource of all the intelligence of nature, the unified field of natural law, becomes available to us at every moment in our activity. So I wish you quick, fast, effective growth in cosmic consciousness, expanding consciousness, and acting from the field of restful alertness, where you are never lost to yourself, and you are never shaken by outside situations and circumstances, but able to handle and improve all outside situations and inner de demands or personal demands in your life. Thank you for being there. Thank you for inviting me. All the best. Thank you for tuning into Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast. And if you're interested in learning more from Dr. Nader, please follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.